born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. I want to talk to you about something that's really interesting. Now, you know, the Bible says, the Apostle Paul mentions the book of Acts. How I declared unto you the whole counsel of God, and I held back nothing that was profitable for you. So all the Word of God is profitable for us. So we should try to read and study it. And uh, I don't know of any topic in the Bible that's off limits. So we talk about everything in the Bible to try to help us understand some greater things. Now, the title of tonight is Divorce and Remarriage. I got two letters this week. One was a preacher, and he wanted to know some questions about 1 Timothy chapter 3. You know, who can be a pastor? And then the week before, I had a, a woman that was, said God called her to be a preacher. Well, I had to answer that one. And so you have people always asking questions and wanting to know. And I don't have all the answers. I don't even sometimes understand some of the scriptures from God's point of view. I just teach it the way I see God says it. And then I can let people make up their mind about what it really means sometimes. Because I wish I could put all the pieces of the puzzle together. But I don't know everything. Now, you might know everything, but I don't. Now, there is no verse in the Bible where God commands you to get, you got to get married. You got to get married. And God holds a shotgun on you and says, you got to get married. Now, you're some man, <laughs> dad might. <laughs> so, but um, they call that shotgun weddings. That's generally because uh, you know, you, somebody's in trouble and they got to get married. They force them. But um, we try to tell you what the Bible says on these issues. And there's doctrine in the New Testament, stories in the Old Testament. So sometimes you can understand the doctrines by going to the Old Testament and finding the illustrations. Like whenever I've taught on the old sinful nature that we have. Well, in the Old Testament, there's a story about somebody named Amalek and how that he does everything he can to destroy the nation of Israel, which is looked upon as the children of God. And so there's stories and all this, the sons that came along. And you talk about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. and There's stories that illustrate biblical truth. Well, God does the same thing in other areas. So I want you to take your Bible and turn to the book of Romans and chapter 7. When I came here, I preached a sermon called Mr. Law and Mr. Love. Any of y'all were here at that time and remember that sermon? Three, four, five, okay, six. We're gaining more. Your memory's coming back to you, right? 
And so, I, but I preached the sermon. I even had people come up here and illustrate it. But uh, it had to be at least 10 years ago, close to it anyway. But I uh, preached the sermon. Now, the first statement I have here is the woman cannot marry Mr. Love as long as she is married to Mr. Law. So Paul uses marriage as a principle of teaching the difference between grace and works. So how in the world did he do that? I knew you was going to ask. And so there's a reason why God wants this to be taught because it illustrates great truth. So look up here just for a second because it's not in your notes. Over here is a Mr. Law. Now over here is Mr. Love. This is the law of God and this is the son of God. And so God gave the law and the children of Israel says, all that he tells us to do, we will do. So it was like a marriage. That's why God says that he was married to Israel. And Israel became the wife of Jehovah. Now, we know that years later, God and Israel had a child. And so the son was born, Jesus. But the mother rejected her son, Israel. And so the son was taken up into heaven. And God says that he is now calling out from among the Jews and the Gentiles, individual believers, so that he can make a bride for his son. So the son is going to get married someday. And he's going to marry this perfect bride. Now, if he's the perfect son of God, he has to have a perfect wife. Now, when God made Adam and Eve in the garden, they were not perfect, but they were innocent. You see... If it wasn't that way, when we get to heaven, what would keep us from sinning? If they could sin, and we're going to be like them, then we'll be able to sin there. But God didn't make us in our new birth like Adam and Eve. He made us like his son, who is perfect and cannot sin. So when we get to heaven, we won't be able to sin. We will not have that sinful nature. Now, understand this. Here in the book of Romans... Got your book of Romans? You already got it out? All right. Chapter 7. You're at chapter 7. Look in verse 1. Know you not, brethren. We're talking to believers. For I speak to them that know the law. Now, not everybody knows the law. Some things God will reveal to those that are Romans, like in the book of even Mark. And there's other things that regarding just the Gentiles and also the Jewish people. So when you study the scriptures, you'll find out that God mentions certain things for Jewish people of what they're supposed to know. And then sometimes just the Romans separate from the Gentiles, even though the Romans were Gentile, but not everybody was a Roman. And so he uses different things to teach to the children about this thing of marriage and remarriage and about law and grace. So he says here, now notice, I speak to them that know the law, how that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he lives. In other words, when we're all born into this world, we're all under Mr. Law. And Mr. Law has dominion over us. And we're supposed to obey the law. But the problem is, we're sinful. Now God says, here in chapter 7, 
the law is spiritual, the law is good, the law is holy, nothing wrong with the law. What's the problem? It's us. Because we have a sinful nature. So our sinful nature keeps us from perfectly obeying the law. So the law condemns everybody it has dominion over. Now, the only way to get free from the law is by death. So we could wait until Mr. Law dies. But one of us has got to die because, see, we're like married to the law. We're under the authority of the law. So we can finally get free when the law dies. How long will we have to wait? The law can't die. The law is perfect. The law is righteous. The law is just. The law is holy. You just read a little bit further on and it'll tell you that. So therefore, you can't get away from the law. So if you want to be free from the law, you have to die. But see, over here is Mr. Love. Mr. Love loves us, but we're committed to Mr. Law. So you can't marry the son because you're married to the law. So you've got to be free from the law before you can be under grace or under Christ. Are y'all following me so far? You're asleep? You better not, don't blink. So he makes a statement here in uh, verse 2. For the woman which hath a husband is bound or joined by the law to her husband as long as he what? Liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. So as long as we are under the law, we're under his authority and the domination and we're condemned and we cannot free ourselves from the law unless we die. So we've got to die. Well, the problem is, is we don't want to die, but there's no other way. So what happens is this. Mr. Love over here, who loves us, but he can't marry us because we're already committed to the law. So we can't commit ourselves to another man as long as we're married to this man. So God says, you have to die. So Jesus Christ, who loves us so much, he kept the law perfectly. The law could not condemn him. So therefore, he died on the cross, paid for our sins to free us from the curse of the law. So the only way we could be free from the law is we have to die. So his death became my death. The law accepts the death payment. So when I died, I was buried, came back from the dead, and now I'm free from the law because the law cannot touch or condemn a dead man. That's why you're no longer under condemnation because you're no longer under the law. That's in Romans chapter 6. Now that I've come back from the dead, I have a new birth. My new birth is perfect. It's righteous. And so now, all those who trust Christ as Savior, the Bible pitches us as the bride of Christ. We are espoused unto the Son. In other words, it's like there's a, a wedding promised, and we haven't had the wedding yet. And that's why Paul makes a statement in the book of Corinthians, talking about, I want to espouse you as a chaste virgin to the Lord. We're going to get married at the marriage supper of the Lamb. And we're going to be married to the Son. That's why he says in John chapter 6, Jesus says, 
All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I'll in no wise cast out. Never lose. So every one of us in this period of time that trust Christ as Savior, we're going to become the bride of Christ. And so that's why now, after you've trusted Christ as Savior, now I can commit myself to the Lord. See, no person, lost man, can commit himself to Christ. You have a lot of preachers saying, you've got to commit your life to Christ. You can't, not until after you're saved. You have to be free from this husband, the law, in order to commit yourself to this husband. And the only way you can be free from this husband is you have to die. It's only by death. But the law doesn't die. We have to die. So then he says this in verse 3. So then if while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Now, we know the story where Jesus went to... uh, the well there in Samaria, and he says he must needs go through Samaria. And he talked to the woman. How many times had she been married? Five times. And what else was she doing? Living with a man that wasn't. So it didn't matter how many times he'd been married. She could still trust the Lord, right? God still loved me regardless of a person's sin. Now, when you study the law, does it say only thou shalt not commit murder? And there's no other law. That's the only one's in there. Thou shalt not commit adultery. That's the only one that's there. Thou shalt not lie. Is that in there? How many lies can you tell? How many lies are you free to tell? Just one? You can lie twice? You say, you mean per day? (laughs) Per hour? Thou shalt not covet. Does anybody ever do that one? How many times can you covet? How many times do you think you've coveted? You haven't kept count? Aren't you glad you don't have to keep count? So it doesn't matter how many times a person's been married, divorced, and so forth, because wouldn't it be neat if everybody just always did right and was so holy? So the thing that you have to be careful is, is not lifting up yourself with pride and condemning other people because they're a lot worse than I am. Boy, I'd never do that. Boy, if I ever tell a lie, I'd, I'd tell somebody Boy, I've never coveted in my life. Can you see my little halo? (laughs) You know, there's only about nine inches between a a halo and a noose. Now, look again at verse 4. Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the what? Body of Christ. You see, there is a connection. Isn't there a connection here? Then he says that ye should be married to another. Who? To him who is raised from the dead. And next part says that we should bring forth fruit unto God. In other words, me and God are supposed to have some fruit. Man and woman getting married, generally, if everything goes right, you have kids. And so if a man and, a, and the Lord is getting along right, then there should be children, people that we lead to the Lord. Some fruit from this union. I hope you all get all of that. Look at the next statement right in the middle there. Marriage was not to be broken because salvation cannot be lost. You said, that doesn't have anything to do with salvation. Yes, it do. Yes, it do. That's why God had the perfect illustration. Because when he instituted marriage, there was one man and one woman. 
And Eve said to Adam, do you really love me? He says, who else? <laughs> Y'all get that after a while. <laughs> who else? <laughs> but now, here you have a man and a woman. God brought them together. And if they had never sinned, how long would their marriage have lasted? If they never sinned, how long would they have been married? Forever. But so here you've got a man and a woman, and if they had never sinned, they had been married forever. And God instituted the marriage before they ever sinned against God. And that's the perfect picture. And so if they were, they would never have been divided. Can you see them, you know, after, you know, honey, it's been 6,000 years. You haven't aged a bit. And it'd be true. Because age has to do with time, and we deteriorate because we're getting worse and worse and worse. Second law of thermodynamics. You know, that strapping physique, after a while, it all goes to the bottom. The straps broke. Okay, we'll move right along. <laughs> Look there in your notes now. And the Lord, God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And he says here in verse 22, And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. In verse 23, And Adam says, This is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, shall cleave unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Now that's how God initially started it, and that's how the whole thing started now, there is no other kind of marriage. There's no such thing as two men getting married. God's the one that invented the word marriage. And two people getting together and marriage. If they had, God had made them in the beginning, Adam and Steve, they could not have children. That would have been the end of the human race right there. Or two women. It doesn't work that way. And if you don't understand how this thing works, you can see me in my office later, and I'll try to explain it to you the best I know how. And people who don't know, well, I don't know if I'm a boy or a girl. Well, duh, look in the mirror. If you can't figure it out, you got something more than that missing. And so notice now in the middle of the page where I highlighted the word comparison. Notice the comparison between marriage and the church. Uh, I want you to see this in your Bible. Look there in the book of Ephesians in chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. And you'll see that the husband and wife relationship is a picture of something else that cannot be broken. And that is the union between the man and God. The church. The church is made up of believers. And so you'll notice when he says here, in verse 22, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husband, not somebody else's. Now, if I was to ask the question, I says, um, for example, now, how many of y'all are still single? Okay, don't, don't raise your hand. You're not out of God's will just because you haven't married. It's better to go through life single and happy than married and miserable. You say, Really? Yeah, some, some people can't handle marriage. That's okay. Some people who get married can't handle marriage. And just because they've only been married once doesn't mean they're happy and they love each other and everything is okay. 
Most of marriages end up in divorce. True? You've heard that. Most second marriages don't make it either. And third marriages don't usually make it. Now, the Lord can make a difference in anything. And so, therefore, but everybody can have problems, whether you've been married once or twice or three times or whatever, or if you've never been married at all. Just getting through life can be a, a pain. You've got to go through this. Now, the Bible does say in Proverbs, it says, a man who findeth a woman findeth a good thing. She's a thing. That's why they often say, you sweet thing, you. <laughs> that won't move right along here, George. Now, notice what he says here in verse 23. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. So is there a comparison here? You have to admit, it's there. And so he said, and is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in almost everything, almost. <laughs> unto her own husband in everything that she agrees with. Now, the only reason I misquote a few things like that is to make the point. Everything. You say, well, you don't know who I'm married to. No, and I don't want to know. I had a man and woman come to see me one day, and they sit in my office, and he's sitting there, and she's sitting there, and they want me to talk to him about when we're going to maybe have this little ceremony, you know. And I says, I looked at him, and I says, all right, tell me, uh, why do you want to marry her? I mean, you're talking about a deer in the headlights. <laughs> he looked at me, totally dumb face, face turned white, and she, she looked at him and says, well, <laughs> well, I said, because you love her. Yeah, 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 yes. I thought, my stars, and they're going to get married. And I started going through some of the things, and I said, and this is where I will say, you know, I will thou take this man to be your awful wedded wife. No, I didn't say all that. Anyway, I says, love, honor, and obey. She says, oh, 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 oh. She says, uh, that word, uh, obey, you've got to take that out. I said, wait a minute, you mean the word obey, you're, you're not going to obey your husband? Well, this is 50-50. I says, ma'am, I'm going to say obey. She says, well, I don't want that in there. I says, then you need to get somebody else to marry you. I would not marry them because they're heading for trouble. Marriage is not 50-50. Man's the head of the home. Whether we like it or not, if he ain't that good and you can't trust his judgment, let him alone. Don't marry him and ruin his life. You can find a wimp somewhere if you want to and marry him and control him. But if you want to marry a man, marry a man. Not a sissy. Anyway, y'all get me sidetracked here. Look at the next verse. In verse 25, husband, do what? Love your wives. How? Even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. The man should be willing to give his life for his wife. Like this one guy says, I regret that I've only got one wife to send to the country. No, that was something else. I don't think I got that exactly right. They're close. <laughs> now, y'all know when I'm joking, right? Please, when I'm serious, you, you know that. Verse 26. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. And then he says in verse 27, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, and it's supposed to be holy without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. And this is why God says that when a man and a woman come together, they are supposed to be together 
until death do they part. I didn't write the book. I just tried to tell you what it says. And that's why, because it is a picture of Christ and the church, where he accepts us and we accept him. Nobody made him accept us. Nobody made you accept him. It was a mutual agreement, right? When you trusted Christ as your Savior, you did it without force. Nobody can make you do it. So when you become joined together with the Lord, He gives you eternal life. And this is never to be severed, separated. Nothing shall separate us from the love of Christ. Nothing. So that's why marriage was intended by God to be one man, one woman for the rest of his life. And if the wife dies, then the man is free to marry another one. If the man dies, the wife is free to marry another one. But you're not supposed to have two living spouses because evidently something went wrong. Now, in the New Testament, uh, Matthew chapter 19 and we'll look at that in just a minute. Well, it's, a, it's the next scripture. There. Go ahead down here and look at that. Look in Matthew chapter 19. Look in verse 3. You can just look on your notes there for the sake of time. And you notice the Pharisees, they came unto him, to Jesus, and tempted Jesus. Said unto him, is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? So they would kind of trap him because there's different philosophies at that time. You could divorce your wife, just by, I divorced thee, I divorced thee, I divorced thee, it's done. That's all it was said. For any reason. And if he said no, then why then in the Old Testament did God allow Moses to give a bill of divorcement? Because he did. But that was what God said. And remember this about a bill of divorcement to permit. It didn't mean that people had to get one. But it was because of the hardness of their heart. Because they're going to, in other words, they're going to do it anyway. Isn't it true that God was going to give them something to eat? And they started complaining about, we want meat. We want meat. Remember that? So what came in? Quail. A lot of quail. And they had quail until it was coming out their ears. Now, that's not what God wanted, but God permitted them to have it. But there are consequences. See, people can... Thou shalt not lie. So can you lie anyway? But there's consequences. Anytime God says don't do something, it means it's going to hurt you down the road. When God says thou shalt not cover it because you're in for a, a built-in frustration. Because I want, I can't have, I'm mad. You ever seen some people who have more than you and you become envious? They were jealousy. Made you, I hate them, I hate them, I hate them. Because they get more. And I'm just, I serve the Lord just as much as they do, and I ought to have more than they do. And you'd be surprised how the covetousness. And what, can you do it? Yes. But can it have an effect upon you? Yes. Can you kill somebody? Yes. Now, me and my wife, we've never discussed divorce. Murder, yes, but not never divorce. That was a joke. I have to tell you all that, so otherwise you'll take me seriously. But so you can, can you commit adultery? Is it possible? Yes. Does God hate you? No, he hates divorce and he hates adultery. He hates sin. And God does. But because we are sinners, we sin. And so what you've got to understand is this. 
Not everybody does everything perfectly all their life. Wouldn't it be great if they did? But even children of God, Christians, don't do everything they should do. But notice what he says here. Down here in Matthew, look in verse 4. And he answered and said unto them, Have ye not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? In other words, he goes all the way back to Genesis, not to Moses under the law. He goes all the way back to the original. How did God set it up in the beginning? Well, this is what he did. How permanent is your salvation? Can you lose it? Are you 100% sure that you'll go to heaven? To help you in answering that question, Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Jesus is coming, so keep looking up. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound, and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.